Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come Silver. When Glenn Dawson started to leave the ranch house, his sister Christine grabbed his arm. Her eyes were pleading as she spoke to him. Glenn. Let go of my arm, Chris. Glenn, please, you promised. You said you wouldn't go to town again. You swore you wouldn't gamble. Now, wait a minute. Who said I was going to gamble? A fella can go and see friends in town without gambling. Can he? Yes. And don't look so all-knowing. Whatever money I lost has been my own. I know that, Glenn. But it was money that Dad left to you. He worked hard to earn that money. And you go and lose it in Judd Weller's gambling hall. Stop it, will you? I don't have to stand here and listen to you go on like this. You're going to listen, Glenn. You're my brother. I'm older than you are, and... But with Mother and Dad gone, I'm responsible for it. I'm over 21. No one would know it, judging by your actions. When Dad passed away, you said you weren't well enough to run the ranch. Well, I... I wasn't. So Mr. Tyndall was kind enough to give you a responsible position in his bank, merely because he was a friend of Dad's. 
What would he think if he knew you spent your nights with the worst elements in town, drinking and gambling? It'd be none of his business. And it's none of your business either, Chris. Now, for the last time, get out of my way. Glenn, oh, please. I said get out of my way. Oh, no. And don't stay up waiting for me like you always do. Snooping and preaching and asking questions. I'm getting sick of it. So good night. In town, Glenn Dawson entered Judd Weller's nonpareil cafe and headed for the bar. But his progress was interrupted by Ray Tomey, Weller's underpartner who managed the place. Just a minute, Glenn. The boss would like to see you. What about? The money I owe? Maybe I can't tell you. All I know is he wants to see you at once. Now, come on, follow me. Tomey led the way to the rear of the cafe and opened the door to Weller's office. You first, Glenn. Go ahead. Judd Weller turned from his desk where he'd been playing solitaire and greeted Glenn Dawson coldly. Sit down, Glenn. Why? I know what it is you want to talk to me about. It's the $10,000 I owe you. I, I, I just said have... to sit down, Glenn. Do it. Oh, yeah. Stay here, Ray. Right, I was going to. You told me last week, Glenn, that you tried to borrow $10,000 from your sister to pay back the money you borrowed from I me. I did try to. She wouldn't let me have it. I didn't tell her I'd lost everything Dad left me. But she should have guessed it when I asked her for so much. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. How much exactly did your father leave you? What does that matter? I'd say quite a lot. It was somewhere around 20000 wasn't it? Well, yeah, around that. Yeah. When you borrowed the 10000 trying to win back what you'd lost here, you said your losses were over... Thirty thousand. Right? Um, yeah. That was Bruce Tyndall's money, wasn't it, Glenn? The bank's money. Money entrusted to you. Well, how do you know that? Judd has a way of learning things, Glenn. Yes. Well, I wasn't sure before, then I'm sure now that you stole the money. You want to hear something else? The bank examiners are coming the day after tomorrow. Well, they're not, you're lying. No, he's not, Glenn. They're coming. And you know what that means, don't you? Sure he does. It means 20 years in jail, the way they hand out sentences in courts out here. It means jail and disgrace. Unless... Unless what? Unless you replace the money you stole. <laughs> Glenn, I think Ray and I have worked out a way by which you can do that. What are you talking about? Tomorrow's the end of the month, right? Wells Fargo delivered the cash as it always does for the ranch and railroad payrolls. We're going to take that money, you, Ray, and I. We'll cancel the debt you owe me, give you the money you need to replace your theft. No, you dirty trucks. No, I'll not do it. Get back in that chair. <coughs> Mr. Tyndall's responsible for the payroll money. If it's stolen, he'll have to replace it. That means he'd go broke, so will the bank and the town. Never mind about Tyndall or the town. He'll have some cash. Cash you put back next day after we split the hold-up money. I'll not do it. I'd rather go to jail. All right. Let's put it this way. If you don't help us, something may happen to your sister. What? Something like death, maybe. Why, you dirty rat! Get rotten. back! Get back, I said! Oh! That'll teach you. Oh, Ray, you didn't have to knock him out like that. Maybe you'll pay attention to us when he comes to... We've been wasting too much time on him, Judd. Should have done this in the first place. Oh, come on, Glenn, wake up. 
Wake up, I said. When Glenn Dawson regained consciousness, the menace of the two men, spoken and implied, was too great to combat. He finally broke down. All right. If, if that's what you'll do, I have no choice, but I'll help you. Good, good. Well, make sure you don't change your mind. No. One thing, you'll not go to the bank tomorrow until early evening. But I have That's to the way get... it's going to be. You send word to Tyndall that you're sick. That you come in late and help him. Right. And in case you get any ideas, we'll have you watched every minute. You'll arrange that, Ray? Yeah, Judd. I'll get Bronco to keep an eye on him so he won't leave the ranch till we're ready for him tomorrow night. Well, that's all, then. Oh, Glenn, uh, Ray's riding back to your ranch with you. No, he's not. I... I'll go along. I'm going with you, Glenn. I'm going to give you all the details of this job and the part you play in it. I don't stand there. Come on. Christine Dawson, in spite of her brother's angry admonition earlier in the evening, had been waiting for his return from town. She had been sitting alone in her darkened room when she heard distant hoofbeats approaching the ranch. She hurried to the window and saw the silhouettes of two horsemen entering the gate. They headed for the stable at the rear of the house. One of the riders was her brother. Hurriedly, she donned a jacket and went to the rear door. She opened this and stepped outside. Then she ran to where a row of high bushes skirted the stable. She pushed her way through the shrubbery and hid there, minutes before the two riders approached. Ray Tomey had outlined the plans for the bank robbery, which he and Judd Weller had planned a long time before. Now that he and Glenn Dawson were back at Dawson's ranch house, he gave the young bank clerk final warning. Remember what I told you, Glenn. You try any funny tricks and you know it'll happen. I'll do as you say. And you'll be watched. From now till we're finished with you. You told me that before. I'll go now, will you? My sister might hear. Sure, I'll go. I'll see you tomorrow night, then. Get up, Blake. Get up. Glenn Dawson stabled his horse and entered the house. A long time after, when she felt that her brother had gone to sleep, a shivering Christine Dawson emerged from the brush where she had overheard the ominous conversation. Her shivers, as she walked slowly back to the ranch house, were not caused by the coldness of the night. Oh, Glenn. Glenn, what is it you've done now? What is it you've done? It was early afternoon of the next day. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had been riding through the hilly country when the masked man reined his horse. Who's this guy? Oh, we're not far from Tom Carmody's ranch. Been quite a while since we were there. Many months. Kimasabi. Tom was one of the best lawmen in the West until he was crippled. He appreciates seeing old friends. We go see him now? I think it'd be a good idea. Come on, Silver. Come on, Scott. The Lone Ranger and Tonto arrived at Tom Carmody's small ranch house late in the afternoon. Tom, once a renowned sheriff in the territory, had been crippled by bandits' guns and now lived in comparative isolation with only his Mexican handyman, Felipe. When the Lone Ranger and Tonto greeted the old man, his eyes shone in gratitude. You don't know how much this means to me, your coming here. A man can get mighty lonesome. 
All I have besides Felipe are memories of fighting days. When you visit me, the memories become real again. Sit down and talk with me a while, please. It'll mean a lot to me. The three men sat on the porch talking. A short time later, Felipe emerged from the house. Senor Carmody, you'll excuse me, please. Well, sure, Felipe. Well, what's on your mind? Miss Dawson, senor. She come in by the rear door and waits to see you inside. You see her, maybe? Well, yes, but... Felipe, is it something important she wants to see me about? See, si, I believe so. She's much agitated. Well, that's strange. Tell her I'll be right there. See, si, Senor Carmody. I don't know what the girl wants me for, but I'd better find out. Excuse me a few minutes, will you? Yes, we'll wait, Tom. Take as long as you wish. Oh, it sure hurts moving around. I'll be back as soon as I see the girl. Christine Dawson, who had often confided in the ex-sheriff, had come to him for advice. She told him of the recent behavior and the known gambling losses of her brother, Glenn. She ended by repeating the conversation she had overheard the night before and concluded by telling him of the day's events. Andy didn't go to work today. He's pacing the floor very upset. Mr. Comedy, something's wrong with Glenn. Something terribly wrong. Yeah, it sure sounds that way. And I'm certain I saw a man watching from the bushes across the road from our ranch. Just as the man said last night. Watching, Glenn. It doesn't sound good, Chris. I think it's a matter that needs looking into. Isn't there something you can do, Mr. Carmody? Will you please speak to Glenn and try to learn what's wrong? Chris, if Glenn's in trouble, he'll not want to talk to an old has-been like me. What's more, if he's in danger like you think, he needs a man of action. You, you mean I should go to Sheriff Nelson? But, Mr. Carmody, it may not be a matter for him. I didn't say go to the sheriff. I tell you what. You go back to your house and act as if nothing's happened. Don't say anything to Glenn about what you heard last night. And don't refer to the fellow you think is watching him from the bushes. Oh, but what... Do what I say, hmm? I have a friend visiting me. When I tell him what you told me, I have an idea he'll try to help you. A friend? Who is he? He wears a mask. That's all I can say now. You'll probably learn more about him before the night's over. When you leave, I'll ask him to do something for you. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue. Tom Carmody felt the Lone Ranger would want to assist the girl because there was much in her story that indicated danger. And he was right. When the masked man heard what Carmody repeated to him, he and Tonto mounted their horses. After receiving directions to the Dawson Ranch, they prepared to leave. Tom, we'll see if someone's spying on Glenn Dawson. If there is, we'll learn the reason for it. Then perhaps I'll find a way to learn what's troubling the boy. You're the one can do it. And thanks a lot. First for dropping him to see me, and now for doing this. So long now. Adios, Tom. Adios. We'll see you soon again. The sun was sinking in the west when Christine Dawson had set out from the mission for the ranch. The Lone Ranger followed the same trail about 15 minutes after her departure. Back at the ranch house, Glenn Dawson, his mind seething with fear paced nervously back and forth in the main room. He stopped walking when he heard the rear door open. Is that you, Chris? No, it's not Chris. Ray Tomey, followed by a tall, brutish-looking man, walked over to Glenn Dawson. Well, I'm glad to see you obeyed my instructions. Bronco here's been watching this place all day. He tells me he didn't leave it. I'd have stopped him if he did. Where'd your sister go? Why isn't she here now? Why, oh, I... I don't know the answers to either of those questions. Did you tell her anything about us? No, I I was afraid to. I told her I was sick. She sent word to Mr. Tyndall. And that part's all right. No, it isn't, Ray. I'm not going through with the whole thing. I've decided to confess to Mr. Tyndall and go to jail. You hear that, boss? You want me to shoot him or... Say, who are these men? Why are you pointing that gun at my brother? Why, I'm a thief, Chris. I... I stole money from the bank to cover my gambling debts, and now these men That's are gonna... enough from you. Bronco, grab the girl. Oh, you move right, an inch, Glenn, and I'll drill you. That's it, Bronco. Now tie her up and gag her. Tommy leveled his gun at Glenn while Bronco tied and bound the girl. When Bronco finished, Tommy spoke. Glenn, if you don't want her to die, you'll come along. You do at the bank within an hour. Now get a move on. What about Chris? Bronco will stay here to see that she doesn't get away. Bronco, when the job is finished, we'll return here. Whatever you say, Ray... <laughs> It'll be fun tending to a nice-looking filly like this one. Now, listen, you. If you as much as place a hand on my sister, I'll... You'll what? You'll what? Cut it, Bronco. I haven't covered. Go out that back door, Glenn. Move pronto. Any streak of resistance in Glenn gave away as Tommy prodded him with a gun towards the rear door. He stopped for a moment to gaze entreatingly at his sister. But Tommy pushed him. Open the door. Be quick about it. You go on ahead, Glenn. Bronco, we should finish the job in a couple of hours. We'll come back then. Sure thing, Ray. Look, there's just a minute, huh? What are you going to do with them once you get back? Kill them, of course. There's nothing else we can do. We'll talk about that later. The horses are over there, Glenn. A few minutes after Tommy and Glenn had set off for town, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode up to the entrance to the Dawson Ranch. They looked through the brush for some sign of a man who might be watching the house, as Christine had reported. But a thorough search revealed no one. There was anyone here, Tonto. He's gone. Or else he's moved to another spot. Ah. And what we do, Kimasabi? Carmody suggested direct action. That's what we'll take. 
I'll go into the house and see if it's possible to talk to Glenn Dawson. Me go with you? Only as far as the front door. You remain outside and keep your eyes open. But we look through that front window near the door first and see what's going on inside. Both Christine Dawson and Bronco heard the horses come to a stop in the yard outside the house. A few seconds later, there was a knock on the door. Bronco, troubled, took out his gun and stood to the side of the door as the rapping continued. He saw Christine's eyes move to the window and open wide in terror. His gaze followed hers. Then he saw what she had seen, a face at the window, an Indian. Redskin, hey, what is this? Bronco drew his gun and fired. The face disappeared before the bullet crashed through the window. Then the rapping on the front door continued once more. Get away from that door, engine. Get away or I'll blast through it. Cautiously, he walked to the door, his gun ready to fire. He did not hear the rear door open, nor did he see the masked man who entered the room through the door. All right, you drop that gun. Hey, what the... No! Too late. No, my arm. I'll pick up your no. gun. There. No. The Lone Ranger herded the startled Bronco into a corner and opened the door for Tonto. Oh, my arm. You're a good decoy, Tonto. Remove the ropes and gags from the girl, then treat this crook's wound, will you? Uh, me do it. Tonto freed the girl. Then as he treated Bronco's arm, she told the masked man of all that had happened. And Glenn said he'd stolen from the bank and that... Oh, how terrible. That means he'll have to go to jail. He's a thief, Miss Dawson. It's only just that he should. But he didn't want to help them in whatever it is they're going to do at the bank. Their threats to me forced him to go with the man called Ray. It's my guess they're going to hold up the bank using your brother as a means for getting inside. Oh, how awful. If there were some way of stopping. There may be. We're going to try. Yes. Me got crook bandage. Then tie him and leave him here. We're going to town. You come with us, Miss Dawson. Leaving Bronco tied securely, the Lone Ranger and Tonto with Christine Dawson galloped into town. It was dark when they arrived there. They dismounted at a spot away from the bank where no lookout might see them. I will take no chances. We don't know how many are in the gang. Oh, Miss Dawson. Yes? Tonto and I are going to the bank. We'll approach from opposite directions as we did at the ranch. I do hope you're in time. Yeah, so do I. I know the answer to everything very shortly. What do you want me to do? If you hear shots or disturbance of any kind from the bank, then go to the sheriff. You ready, Tonto? Uh-huh. Bruce Tyndall, a kindly banker, expressed concern when Glenn Dawson reported to the bank that evening. He left Mary Hill, the other bank employee, and came to greet Dawson. But, Glenn, boy, you didn't have to come in. Miss Hill and I could have managed the payrolls alone. We started early, Glenn. See? Most of the money's sorted already. Oh, I... I had to come in. You don't look well at all, Glenn. Does he, Mr. Tyndall? No, you're peaked and nervous, Glenn. You... Glenn, what are you doing? Glenn had walked back to the door and opened it. I'm... I'm sorry, Mr. Tyndall. Out of the way, you. This is a hold-up. Weller and Tommy, masked and in nondescript clothes, stood in the open doorway, guns in hand. 
Comey walked to the table where piles of bills were aligned in neat rows. It's all here, huh? Keep your hands off that money. Stand back, Tyndall. Don't, Mr. Tyndall, they'll kill you. Get back, Tyndall. Back, I'll shoot you, all right? No, don't shoot him, Ray. Turn you fool. Oh. oh, make sure you die, Glenn. Drop that gun. As Weller started to shoot again at Glenn Dawson, the Lone Ranger in the doorway fired. Use the table. Get your hands up. Weller fell to the floor beside Glenn Dawson, wounded, as the Lone Ranger covered Ray Tomey. But Mary Hill, frightened, pulled away into the line of fire. Quickly, Ray Tomey grabbed her and placed her in front of him as a shield. No! All right, whoever you are, fire and you'll kill this lady, not me. Now, back up, lady. We're going out together. When they reached the rear door, Tomey released the girl for a moment, using his free hand to turn the knob. As the door opened, Tonto stood behind him. You don't get out. What? As Tonto grabbed Tomey, the Lone Ranger leaped forward, pushed Miss Hill aside, and grabbed the crook's gun arm. I'll take that gun. Let go, Tonto. I have him. Oh, my arm. You're breaking it. I'll do it if you don't drop the gun. There. That's better. Now, to make sure you don't attempt anything more, take it. The Lone Ranger's blow sent Tomey to the ground, senseless. Tonto... Carry him over and place him beside the other bandit. And take off their masks and see who they are. I'm going to look at Dawson. Tonto carried the unconscious Tommy and laid him beside the wounded Weller as the Lone Ranger knelt beside Glenn Dawson and treated his wound. Now, this isn't bad. You'll be all right, Dawson. I'm glad. He, uh, Glenn saved my life when he stopped that bandit from shooting me. Uh, Kimasabi. Yes. Handkerchiefs off faces. Mary Hill gasped oh. as she saw the bandits unmasked. Judd Weller and Ray Tommy. Mr. Tyndall, you know who they are. So does Glenn Dawson, to his sorrow, I'm sure. Why did you help them in this holdup, Dawson? Glenn helped them? Yes. It's true, Mr. Tyndall. When I tell you the entire story, I'll, I'll go to jail where I belong. I stole from you, Mr. Tyndall. I stole and Not I... now, Glenn. Whatever it is, tell me about it later. I, I didn't want to go through with a holdup, but they might have killed my sister. No, Glenn. We got the man who held her at the ranch... Christine is in town, safe. Look, out the window, coming up the street with the sheriff. It's Chris. A few seconds later, Christine Dawson entered. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had disappeared without a word through the rear door. Sheriff Nelson heard the story and placed handcuffs on Weller and Tommy. I always suspected these two were crooks. Oh, you didn't suspect I was, though, did you, Sheriff? No, Glenn, I didn't. I'm sorry that I'll have to arrest you, too. Oh, I deserve it. But I'm willing to pay for what I've done. And, Mr. Tyndall, when I'm free, I'll repay every cent I took from you. I'll arrange an easy way for you to do that. After all, you saved my life. I owe you that. Oh, you'd have died anyway if it hadn't been for the masked man. I think we all owe our lives to him and his Indian friend. They saved me, I know. And me. And me, too. I thought I was dead for sure. Well, they also saved the town when they stopped this hole up. Right, Mr. Tyndall? Very right, Sheriff. Practically all the money in the bank was here on the table. What a truly remarkable person that masked man must be. Has anyone any idea who he is? You say the Indian is named Tonto? Yes, That's Sheriff. Right. And the masked man's horse is named Silver. I'm certain of that. <laughs> and there's no mystery about who he is. You're right, Mr. Tyndall. He is remarkable. You see, he's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger?
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Grace Beamer.